You know, sweetheart, you're being a bit hypocritical. It's not like you're some beacon of truth. John, my parents? They died when I was five. I'm an orphan. Who was that kindly fellow who gave you away at our wedding? Paid actor. I said, I said I saw your dad on Fantasy Island. I know. You know, I don't even want to talk about it. Lloyd's camera action. Welcome to another episode of Happy Hour Films. My name is Ross Bacon. I'm joined as always by my host, my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? All right, this is a podcast where we talk about movies. We crack open a couple beers and we discuss some actors and actresses and some movies. This month, we are continuing our Bad, Better, Best theme with the legendary Angelina Jolie. And we'll be talking about uh, her bad movie, Hackers, her better movie, Wanted, and her best movie, in our opinion, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Now, before we even get into that, Mike, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Le Petit Demon from Bone Soul. Okay. <laughs> I went with this because in every movie, she's either a hitman, a hacker, or something. So I was trying to find something hitman related, but I couldn't. So I was like, all right, so she's kind of a villain in every movie in a way. <laughs> so I went with Le Petit Demon. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. My uh, weird pronunciation is because they have the... Uh, they have an accent over the E, so I wasn't sure the proper way to pronounce it. Right. Well, that's the one that Care drank in uh, a few weeks ago for Sandra Bullock. <laughs> uh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, so we're doubling up on that one. Um, I mean, I really right. like Bonesaw. Bonesaw's one of my favorite local breweries, so. Yeah, and that's what I went with. I went with my favorite uh, ship bottom brewery, and today I have my T-shirt from there. I have my mug, my glass from there. And I chose the uh, Blueberry Bikini Bottom Wheat Ale. And the reason I chose it is because there is a sexy lady on the front on the can with, uh, <laughs> she's got her finger up to her, up to her lips, like saying, shh, kind of thing. And uh, as we all know, Angelina's most famous feature right off the bat when you look at her are those amazing lips that she has. And obviously her striking beauty. <laughs> Before we get into it, my mistake last week where I mistook Angelina Jolie for, uh, oh, is that right? For Julia Roberts, for Julia Roberts of all people. But wait, so I was driving home, like my buddy was driving me home today. We were out drinking last night and he's, I told him we, we were talking about Angelina Jolie in today's podcast. He's like, oh. Isn't she the one in the Oceans movies? Oh, my God. <laughs> so apparently, God, it's spreading like a plague. <laughs> at least I'm not the only one that mistakes the two. Yeah, and I hope you two are the only ones that mistake them, too. I hope that – I hope Angelina isn't walking around Hollywood with people walking up to her and be like, I loved you, a pretty woman. <laughs> you know, I really hope that doesn't happen to her. But, I mean, she is she she is an Oscar winner, for Christ's sake. I mean, she's a supporting actress Oscar winner for Girl Interrupted, where she played uh, the character Lisa, who is, in the movie, they call her a psycho sociopath. And she kind of is. She's just completely nuts. But in that movie, she's, like, really the only one playing a character. Everybody else is kind of just bad <laughs> i'm I not a fan not of that movie that movie leading up to the podcast you did so. yeah it's it's i i mean i feel like i should be like like for last week for denzel we obviously picked his best one with training day that's the one he won his best actor oscar for but for her for angelina jolie like 
her best movie is not the one that she won. No. It's her best role, but it's not the best movie at all. So I, I would argue that we aren't even talking about her best movie this well, week. Which one would that be? It's Kung Fu Panda. I mean, <laughs> she doesn't have a great role. She doesn't have the biggest role in it, but Kung Fu Panda is the best movie Angelina Jolie's ever been in. So her best movie is Jack Black's maybe a best, like, most famous role. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I'm sure she. I'm sure she'd be loved. To, she'd love to hear that. But that's actually a totally star-studded cast, and like I feel like like Jackie Chan plays Monkey and has three lines in the first movie. Right. Right. And Seth Rogen is Mantis. And yeah, uh, Dennis Hoffman, I think, is Master Dustin Hoffman. Dustin, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman. Yeah. And uh, um, what's his name? Uh, David Cross is in as well. Yeah. And of course, oh, you know all of the great Chinese actors and everything. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, I got, I got Ian McShane is the bad guy. He's the bad guy, yeah. He's the snow leopard, Tai Lung or whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I watched that first one. I didn't watch the series. I mean, I know you watched the third all one. All three of them are all worth watching. That's what I've heard. Like, I, I, That's what I've heard. Everyone likes to trash DreamWorks, but they got two solid trilogies out of Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragons. Yeah, yeah. And if you just ignore the Shrek movies, they have a perfect record. <laughs> Even the first and second Shrek movie aren't terrible. I, I going back and rewatching those, they're just pain. It's torture. Like mm-hmm. Mike Myers is, I can watch him in Wayne's World, and that's about it. Now I can't, I can't stomach that man in anything else. The, I I ended up rewatching Austin Powers three for some oh, Why? <laughs> Mostly Michael Caine. Oh yeah. yeah, I can see that. And he has one of the best lines ever. He's like, "If there's two things in this world that I can't stand, people." who don't respect other people's cultures and the Dutch. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, the Dutch are the big punchline in that movie and I'll never understand it. <laughs> I'll never understand it. But yeah. But aside from, you know, that awful Canadian mistake that we made onto the wonderful American made uh, legend that we have Angelina Jolie, famous daughter of John Boyd. And I would arguably say more famous now than her father. Uh, I would agree. What's yeah. the like the best movie John Voight's been in in the last twenty years? Oh no, Holes <laughs> is what I would say. I would say National Treasure. A <laughs> uh, National Treasure's up there too. I actually do enjoy that movie. Where he plays Nick Cage's dad yeah. <laughs> and Helen Mirren's uh, ex-husband. <laughs> it's funny with Nick Cage and uh, Angelina Jolie. Most people don't seem to realize that they do have famous parents. And they have a shared movie, too. <laughs> They've gone in 60 seconds, which she is kind of in. She's in about 60 seconds of it. <laughs> That's, I never watched the original. I, no, I, haven't, I haven't either. It's apparently, like, similar. Like, there's yeah. a, it's, 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 you know, there's, it's a similar idea. Like, they have to steal 49 cars or something like that over X amount of time or something like that. But, uh. Yeah, from what I understand, like, there's some differences towards the end of the story, I think, is where the Cage story takes some liberties. But it's a Nick Cage movie, so, of course, it's going to be different from anything else, you know? (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to do an entire month dedicated to that man. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we could go for a while on that guy. He's he's one of the best, but... uh, Anyway... In depth, yeah. we've been running pretty long with the podcast, so <laughs> yeah, right. So, as we go on, we're just going to discuss everybody but Angelina <laughs> just to run, had the run time. We're going to have the longest uh podcast ever. We're going to have like a Dave Chappelle at the Laugh Factory kind of set tonight, it's be, like, five <laughs> days long. 
So Hackers, uh, yeah, Hackers, is probably the most dated movie I've ever seen. Easily, yeah. For you, it's two. Years, it came out two years before you, and it was. Yeah. I, I gotta ask. Um, were so there's a lot of things going on in this movie that I can only describe as like the only thing similar I've ever seen is a Power Man Five Thousand music video. <laughs> <laughs> that is. <laughs> that is oddly exactly right. <laughs> it's that, and um, I've also heard Matthew uh, Matthew Lillard's character, serial killer. I've I've actually heard him described as dressing like Raylene from My So Called Life. <laughs> so yeah, that and I have to imagine that was his blueprints for the live action Shaggy. He, he oh, just yeah. took serial killer, tweaked it a little bit, and made it live action Shaggy. It's, oh man, Matthew. I don't know how Matthew, Matthew has Matthew a career. Is always a treat. He's great, especially those early roles where he's just completely off the wall. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Hackers is from 1995. is directed by Ian Softly, who also did K Packs and absolutely nothing else worth noting. Now and, wait, uh, I gotta ask: were, were rollerblades cool in the '90s or something? That was the heyday of them, man. That was the big years, the big decade <laughs> for the rollerblade. Because yeah, like I, I can't actually say how dated this movie is or how inaccurate it is to the '90s. Oh, you're right. <laughs> no, trust me, you're right. I was there. You are right. <laughs> well, did like is, were there parties where people were dropping in on rollerblades between people dancing, where a bunch of hackers hung out? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's it. I wasn't in the hacker culture of New York City at the time when I was 13, <laughs> but I'm sure there were. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't too late because apparently. And now, and now, obviously. I wasn't around for the earliest days of computers, but one thing they like to bring up is the four most used passwords were like sex, love, God, and something else. I've read the fourth one. I have it here. It is, uh, crap. I just had, I just lost it. It's, um, God's secret love and sex. Now, apparently, so in the early days of computers, is that actually how simple passwords were? Like, you I don't always, remember ever having to use a password, to be honest with you. I don't think security was an actual thing. Like, for, like, you're, you're, telling me that, uh, you're telling me that billion-dollar corporations use God as their password? Right, right. <laughs> it's like finding out that Microsoft nowadays uses password as their, like, as their uh, top-secret password. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, main thing that I thought about that, like when I heard that God was the password for the billion dollar organization, was uh spaceballs. Yeah. <laughs> What's the key to the airlock? One, two, two three, three, four, four five. five. Amazing! It's the same combination of my luggage. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is a lot about this movie that does not hold up. Pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely I, I everything. One part of this movie that really does hold up. Right. Well, yeah. And for, and, well, Angelina herself plays Kate Libby, a.k.a. Acid Burn. AKA, that's her hacker name, a.k.a. she's a sexy high school hacker. And at the time, she was 20 years old playing 18. So it was almost, you know, an accurate casting for her. And this is early Angelina, too. This is the beginning. This is like original yeah. face Angelina. This was one of the, uh, that it's one of her earliest feature film roles. Yeah. She did, um, she did Cyborg 2 before this, which I almost watched because just the setup of that alone sounded amazing to me. Um, but yeah, so it was that, it was Cyborg 2, then Hackers, and then she did Foxfire 
which I almost watched as well, because apparently it's about a bunch of girls who were molested who get revenge on the guy that got that molested them or something. Or no, they just get suspended. So he gets they he get they get revenge on him or whatever. But uh, the only thing I could think of was Pulp Fiction was Fox Force Five. So yeah. like I was kind of picturing like that, but <laughs> you know, for with Angelina Jolie is in with Irma. So Angelina Jolie's role is kind of mellow for what this movie is. She's she's very laid, not quite laid back, but she's very like quiet and like mysterious almost. It almost comes off as reserved when she actually talks. Well, yeah, and that's of course you know because every other character aside from Johnny Lee Miller, her husband, short soon to be husband after this movie, that's husband number one. Mm-hmm. Um, they met on this movie. They're still friends. She considers him a great friend. I would. The dude's awesome. <laughs> that guy's pretty great. But um, yeah, so like they met and when you look at his performance in this as Zero Cool, a.k.a. Crash Override, he um, he's very reserved as well. Like he's very uh, mellow. No, he has some, <laughs> I love some of the, the dialogue in this movie. What'd you learn at school today? Revenge. <laughs> Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's the whole pool in the roof thing. The whole yeah. size swimming pool in the roof. Oh, he found the pool. So I think one of the best lines comes from Serial Killer, a.k.a. Matthew Lillard, when he says spandex, it's a privilege, not a right. Right, yep. Yeah, that's, those are good ones. My, I think my favorite one, and I say it a lot for no real reason, is from um, The Phantom Freak. He, uh, when he's calling from jail, he calls Angelina Jolie for getting arrested, and he's like talking about the, the stolen disc that they uh, the feds are trying to find, and he tells her he's like, "It's in that place where I hid that thing that at one time," <laughs> <laughs> and she knows exactly where to go. It's in the men's room behind the pole. <laughs> so my thing with this movie is I have a lot to say about the movie in general, but not so much about her performance because her performance is good. It's reserved. It's definitely like because everyone else in the movie is so over the top. She um, like she never gets lost in the crowd because she is the only reserved, like one of the only reserved people in the movie. She's also really only one of the only one of the only two women in the yeah. movie. The other the other one is um, was it Lorraine Bracco from um, the uh, it's what Sopranos? Is that what she was? Big yeah, on? she's in the Sopranos. Yeah, she's Tony's um, psychiatrist, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, I guess, the evil female one because she's in cahoots with, um, uh, I can never remember. I was going to say Fisher Stevens. She's in cahoots with Fisher Stevens. Um, and uh, there's also, uh, also, the main character has the stupidest first name ever Dade. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's what, Dade Murphy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. His mom is. We talked about last week about the best families in movies, and she's up there. She's pretty great. Yeah, she uh, she kind of puts up with the world. You know, Day gets put away as uh, what was it, eleven year old? Yeah, as an eight year old for crashing fifteen hundred and seven systems in one day as a as a little baby hacker, and he's like legendary because of it. And he can't go, but he can't touch uh, he can't touch a computer, computer or a, a telephone. Yeah. <laughs> Until he's 18. Yeah, and then we meet up with him after his 18th birthday when the first thing he does is go on the internet to change the channel of a television network so he can watch The Outer Limits without it actually being on. (laughs) But (laughs) Angelina Jolie is like, I guess the the hacker in charge of watching that 
network because they get like a little hack battle. Yeah, yeah <laughs> apparently it's her turf. Like, yeah. That's, that's the one I want to know. That's where you get one of the lines of the movie mess with the best die like the rest. Die like the rest, yeah. I that's um, what I want to know is what I mean, we see how these kids all live. They all live in like graffiti apartments and it's like cool New York City, like great New York like, City. It, it's like they're trying to keep it in New York, but want to make it sci-fi looking New York. Right. Yeah. It's it's kind of like, you know, an acid trip New York. Like where if you... They're trying to make it what almost is like a post-apocalyptic, like not post-apocalyptic, but like. I, it's slightly in the future, it feels like, you know, but yeah. it's not. And at the time, it was like barely cutting edge technology. Mm-hmm. But when they say, like, when he says they're talking about Angelina's, like, hot laptop or cool new laptop. They bring up a Pentium hard drive. Yeah, and it has a PCI bus. That's, like, standard base-level technology for even, like, any microchip nowadays, you know? <laughs> if you don't have that, you don't have a computer, you know? Yeah. But apparently at the time, that was cutting edge, you know? Just like, right. what, the LCD display? The amount, of, the amount of reliance on payphones in this movie is <laughs> and dial up internet it's pretty wild i literally have never used a payphone in my life you have you ever used dial up internet yes okay so you know i said we had dial up internet till i was probably in fourth or fifth grade yeah so it's you know how painful been. that is like that's obviously we're using this over you know fiber optic you know cables right now so this is we got high speed internet going on here but Imagine trying to do this over a dial-up connection. No one in the house can use a phone no, while we're doing you it. You can't do near the phone. You can't do anything, you know? It's it's pretty wild. But, yeah, I so it's, it's funny MSN. as hell to go back. What? You can take MSN, like, up to four minutes, five minutes more to get on the internet. <laughs> Just hearing the sequence of going on AOL and hearing the sequence of like the sign on as the modem boots and it goes yeah. through the transition. That was like great. Cause if you got to a certain point, you're like, all right, I'm getting on. But if it took a little bit too long, you're like, Oh fuck, no internet for me tonight. You yeah. know? <laughs> I can't, Actually, I can't go up my chat room to look up my super Nintendo codes. <laughs> we didn't bring up one of the most over the top characters, the villain, the plague. <laughs> The Plague, played by Fisher Stevens, who does nothing but drink Coke and eat candy. <laughs> and then skateboards while holding onto a, a limo at one point to pick yes. up a disc in yeah, the most unnecessary way possible. He's always carrying around his longboard. To yeah. Right, yeah, he's always skateboarding. At one point. Yeah, he's skateboarding everywhere. Dude, sucks. Um, his first, like, his first physical appearance, he comes in saying, never fear, I is here. Yeah. He's just the worst. (laughs) So the plan, like the bad guy's plan in this movie is they're basically running a worm to steal a bunch of money. It's a Superman 3 office space game. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) They, uh, and then they have this, the Da Vinci, the Da Vinci virus, which is going to cause ships to capsize. I don't know how that works, but... Oh, because everything's run on computers now. Didn't you hear the plague? He tells them <laughs> everything is run on computers. You can't just turn it to manual, apparently. <laughs> everything's yeah. run on computers, especially over dial-up internet in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but so they enact this plan after calling the stooge of the movie, uh, Joey, goes Joey. in and tries Joey to two cigarettes. <laughs> he tries to hack the uh the corporation and he gets found out traced arrested they have to let him go because they don't have much on him 
Well, that's the thing. They don't. He doesn't even know what he's doing. He yeah. all does all of this accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Everything Joey does, he does accidentally. Right. Like he accidentally hacks a uh, ATM in like Iowa or something and makes yeah. it spit out like seven hundred bucks into the street. And they're all like, "You're an idiot. You just hacked over state lines. It's a federal fucking crime, you moron." <laughs> and he's like, "What? Huh?" Like he doesn't know the basic level of legality for his job. <laughs> But now, here's here's my thing. So, apparently, the plague and uh, I forget whoever his partner Lorraine Bronco. Yeah, (laughs) she's the PR uh, head of PR for the the firm. And so it seems like they've been planning this for a while, where they're trying to steal the money. But like, it seems like everything in this plan requires that they had a hacker that's as stupid as Joey go in so that they could frame them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they had no, they didn't have anybody in mind when they set this whole thing up. It was just kind of like, oh, this guy did this. Oh, we can blame it on him. How lucky us. <laughs> yeah. One of my, I think one of my favorite scenes, and it's one of my favorite scenes of this movie, before we get back to you now, because right, I have a lot to say about Angelina's performance too. One of my favorite scenes in this movie is the end scene with like the big hack off between our good oh, yeah. hero hackers and then the plague and pen from Penn and Teller. Yes. <laughs> Who's just there to say computer words? <laughs> well, my so I love how they show hacking because it just looks like that they were like, yo, this looks pretty cool in CGI. Maybe we should throw it in there. The fucking server room is ridiculous. It looks like a mad scientist lab with like the Tesla coils firing and shit. If you if an actual server was giving off the electricity and sparks that these servers are, they would not be working. Wait, I would be dead. <laughs> I think what it reminded me of is that in Futurama they have the uh, the facility where the old people go and are just like stored in. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and that is what the server room reminded me of. Oh yeah, it's like nuts. It, it made me think that you should have robots flying around on like on little floating carts to Right. It was like it, it reminded me is that of at especially at the time, it was like an old school like Sega Genesis commercial. Like yeah. all of those commercials somehow had a room more like that in all of them for no reason. <laughs> and of course it reminded me of the power man 5000 music video for when worlds collide dude i can't believe it's so great that you brought that up i fucking love that especially <laughs> considering that the lead singer of that band spider is the brother of rob zombie <laughs> he's rob <laughs> zombie's brother. he was rob zombie's brother it's pretty great no, but Speaking of Rob Zombie, we'll have to do an episode where we talk about like House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> well, we can do that like we can do that like October if we do like yeah. you know, yeah, we can month do Halloween themes for October. <laughs> yeah, so we can do that. But um, yeah. Well, speaking of Power Man Five Thousand, like Angelina's all of Angelina's outfits in this, I think would be perfect for that entire video. The, the dress at the end of the movie that where she's like a sexy samurai geisha of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> And then what's with uh, what's with uh, Johnny Lee Miller's outfit? He always has like an all black outfit with some vest that is a different color. Right. Or in the one, he's wearing like construction orange and gray, like green, like suspenders for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. This kid's like a high school student. What's he doing? But um, <laughs> she's always wearing like rash guards. Like she's got a Quicksilver rash guard at one point. In the middle of New York City, you know <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and I love so the first time we meet uh uh who Kate 
No, no. Well, the first time we meet Kate is she's assigned to show Kate or uh, Dade around the. Well, is she day. assigned? I always got the impression that she just kind of like picks him. Like, hey, I'm here. I'll just. You're cute. I'll I'll show you around, kind of thing. I. I, I'm not sure. It seemed like he was in a room and like she was like, oh, show me. Like, it, it seemed like that that was her job in the school. Almost. Well, it's the principal's office, but I think she was just hanging out there. Like, I don't think that's actually her job. I think she was just there to hang out. Ah, what a nice and then kind of bitchy and then nice again person. What an awful person because she immediately tells him about the, uh, the, the pool on the, the roof. Pool on the roof. Nothing. That's just where they send the new nerds. <laughs> but <laughs> I love so his revenge scene, which is why we brought up er, we brought up the line afterwards. They were like, "What'd you learn in school today? Revenge." Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> he hacks into the uh, the school's network and sets off the sprinklers, and he's like, the "Oh, alarm the must be leaking." Yeah, <laughs> and he has the umbrella standing in the hallway. It's yes, a, it's such a cool scene. It's so great, but um. Yeah, so for Angelina herself, she's she's quoted as saying that this movie kind of typecast her as like the hot girl without a bra, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it makes sense when you watch the rest of her movies. There are very few bras in a lot of her movies. <laughs> and especially this one, she's a high school student. But at one point, she uh, the, the, the recurring, there's two things that happen between she and um, Zero Cool. Uh, they both have these dreams about each other yeah and Dade Dade uh, has one first and he kind of wakes up in a cold sweat after she comes into his room in like a motorcycle jacket and then unzips it like at the door and she has nothing on underneath and then they start like making out in the bed well then he wakes up well then later she has this like latex leather kind of you think it's her wearing it like it's like this bodysuit But it turns out to be Dade. And then she wakes up and does what is probably, now I didn't see Cyborg 2, but I'm sure she does at some point, probably the first instance of the sexy Angelina side eye. (laughs) Where, because she wakes up cold sweat, but then she's like breathing heavy. But then she gets this grin on her face and she does that trademark, like looking to the side without change, without like turning her head that she does in all of her movies. Yeah. And it's like you look at that and you go, holy shit, <laughs> this girl is a sex symbol at 20 years old and she's only going to get better, you know, because that is the beginning of just a deadly look for a woman in, in movies. <laughs> now, one of the best characters in this is Freak. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Phantom Freak. He's, He's also uh, um, Sally Can't Dance and Con Air, I believe. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, when so he couldn't be happier about Dade setting off the sprinklers when he first happens because he's the one just sitting there and he's just laughing uncontrollably. And it's great. All walk by in a white T-shirt with no bra. He's like, "Did you see that?" Right. Yeah. It's just like it, it's so funny to see like how happy he gets about it. He's like, "Yeah." yeah. He's like, "That's super cool." Like the school is flooding, <laughs> and he, they're just <laughs> loving this. This is awesome. This is awesome. But um, I think one of the craziest things I read about this movie is that Katherine Heigl was originally supposed to be Angelina Jolie's role. God, she couldn't, I've never she seen couldn't, that. Yeah, she couldn't do it because of Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. <laughs> and of the two movies, I think she made the mistake. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> like, that's really, like... Hackers is not great, but it is no. not as bad as Under Siege 2. <laughs> no, uh, 
so I've this is the first time I watched Hacker, so I've only seen it through twenty twenty eyes. Oh yeah, everything in this movie, the, everything in this movie was outdated before I was born, probably. Yep. yep. Oh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I obviously I can't tell you what computers were like in nineteen ninety seven. That's when I was born, <laughs> but I'd like to imagine that they were more advanced than the computers you see in hackers. They were not. Uh, well, they also weren't as fast as these computers make you oh, believe. Yeah. You, you <laughs> believe that these computers were running off modern Wi-Fi the way they're doing it. Yeah, there's there's no way. <laughs> Wait, uh, when Joey goes in, he tries to steal a garbage file as proof that he was in the uh, the the network. Gibson. In the Gibson. <laughs> and he gets to like 50% in a matter of what seems like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. It would it would have taken him weeks to get now, to that I point. Play, I don't know if you play video games, but Call of Duty on an Xbox now takes roughly 12 hours to download fully. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not doing it onto a floppy disk over dial-up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the best part, the floppiness. Seeing the floppiness, which most modern kids know as the save icon. Yeah. You know? <laughs> these, these things, uh, you know, old man time here. These things were used to be little pieces of plastic where you'd put your documents on them. And you could only put like four at a time on because they didn't hold shit. <laughs> <laughs> you might know them as the things that USB drives put out of commission long, long ago. Exactly, yeah. Once CDs came around, it was, it was all over for the floppy disk. And now that they again, like we know, we have gigabytes worth of portable storage and you know zip drives. Terabytes now. Oh yeah, terabytes. Yeah, it's even up to that. But yeah, <laughs> you know, you couldn't get a couple word documents. That was about it. You got about yeah, six. I, most floppy disks are what only a couple megabytes. Uh, if that, <laughs> if that, and it's definitely not enough to hold fifty percent of a giant garbage file in a Gibson server. You know, yeah, <laughs> I think it was probably a few gigs. <laughs> Uh, this movie, like, I don't even know how to, like, I, I'm trying to figure out how to talk about it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's, it's such, it's one of those movies where, like, you gotta see it to really understand it. Like, we can explain it as, well, think of it this way. It's, it's like what The Matrix probably would end up being like. You know, if you let people from 1995 create The Matrix. Yeah. That would be the reality of this world. You know, <laughs> we would all be living yeah. in like as human batteries by the machines, but yeah. in the Matrix, we'd be playing with you know our fast computers and our video games. <laughs> so, you can either take the roughly like hour and a half, a little closer to hour 45 minutes to watch this movie, or Google who Power Man 5000 is. <laughs> <laughs> My God, man. <laughs> Did they get to you before this podcast? Do you have to mention them a certain amount of times? Because no one has talked about them that much since 1997. <laughs> I, don't even, I feel like I know who they are because they used to put a lot of their songs in original Xbox video games. Oh, yeah. And it was probably... Like in, I, I feel like they were in, uh, like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skaters. That's, that's They definitely were. I definitely remember them from that. Um, I think they were... In, they were... If you can think of... In early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, action sports video game, like skateboarding, dirt biking, whatever. Yep. 
they probably have a Power Man 5000 song in it. Yeah, I could I could also just think of it from my Napster collection at the time because that was, you know, the <laughs> We're shit. alive and on computers during Napster. <laughs> Dude, I was in college, you know. <laughs> I was in college when all that went down. It was the only source of music outside of your giant 500 disc CD got a book. Those things were awesome. My I I mean, I grew up with pirating music on LimeWire. <laughs> Yeah, so you yeah, like the meme says, you purposely gave your computer aids just to be able to yeah. listen to a couple songs. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Napster was the good version of that. Of of that, you didn't. The only thing you had to worry about with Napster was downloading some Raging Against the Machine or Metallica by accident and getting booted off, or downloading a song that was titled the song you wanted, but it ended yeah. up only being like the chorus over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd get you'd get those types of issues online, Mark. Worse, yeah, it sucked, and it, but that's that's the world that this that hackers takes place in. It's it's that kind of world, except with the anarchist cookbook was like a big thing because it showed you how to like in this movie. They, and some of the the hacks that they do are legitimate. Like they for the time, those things were all possible at the time. Apparently, um, they're just very stylized for the movie. Yeah, yeah. No, but, every time they do a hack, they send you through through a CGI. <laughs> to sort of show how the hacks working and right. i have to imagine that the people that designed it have no idea how hacks work so <laughs> well apparently the director did like one of those like embedded with some hacker groups to, like learn about him and apparently like i think johnny lee miller and maybe angelina did a couple things where like they talked to a few hackers to figure out the lingo and stuff like that but apparently yeah the director and the writer of this movie like spent a bunch of time with like underground hacker clubs in New York. And so everything that's on the screen was at the time legit. It's just what they turned it into kind of made it ridiculous. But think of, I think a good way to describe it is think of Mr. Robot, just a lot worse. Yeah. And that's the big comparison nowadays that people like you look, I'm sure we'll look at Mr. Robot in 20 years and be like, well, look at that dumbass shit, you know? But they but, um, were stylized the like yeah. you if you watch that today, you could buy like if you didn't know anything about hacking, you would buy that, hey, yeah, these these people are hackers. If you watch this, you're like, hey, they're probably on drugs. Yeah, these people are just nuts. <laughs> especially are just- Matthew Lillard. Right. Oh yeah, especially him. But um, <laughs> I, I love the introduction of his character. Is they're they're outside of like the party club thing where people are rollerblading through crowds of people dancing but uh matthew lillard's like man i got he's like i got this mixtape it's got hendrix it's got belushi it's got anyone that died at a young age from throwing up and choking on it (laughs) choking on their own vomit yeah (laughs) it's crazy man it's and it's just this in stores Right, exactly. Yeah, like that's what the kids are walking around looking for. Like, oh, I wish I had a mixtape of just artists that died choking on their own vomit. That would be great. Oh, wait, you have that? Come right <laughs> over here, my friend. You know, <laughs> but <laughs> this, yeah, the uh, this movie is it's so hilariously bad, but it's also not so bad where you go, oh, this is tedious. There's yeah. just something about like every scene. There's it's something tweaked. Very entertaining. It's, ridiculous. it's very entertaining. Oh, it's incredibly entertaining. I, but it's I love not it. a good movie. Right. I love it. <laughs> what is it? And I have the line written here, and it just reminded me of what it was actually from. For some reason, it slipped my mind. Uh, Phantom Freak is talking to Joey. 
<clears throat> and Joey keeps coming up and saying, dude, 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 dude. And Fred Dupree goes, one more dude out of you, and I'm going to slap the shit out of you, man. <laughs> For Fred, some reason, I Fred love that line. He's the realest character in this movie. He's so great. <laughs> right. It's awesome. Right, I was scrolling through the IMDb quotes page, and th- there's just a ton of golden dialogue in this movie. It's probably it's everything from the plague. But it's, it's so amazing. <laughs> it's probably everything from the plague, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's the only time people are going to be talking about Fisher Stevens. It's probably this podcast. Yeah, it's, yeah, has he done anything else? He's done a bunch of Oh, he was um, – I can't remember what terrible movie it is, but he does um, brown face in one of his earlier movies. He plays an Indian guy, and Fisher Stevens is very much not Indian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking – I'm not saying Native American. I'm talking, like, from India, India. But you have uh, Angelina Jolie saying, I hope you don't screw like you type. Right, what yeah. Mean? What does that mean? Well, no, because he's going super fast. Oh, yeah. And then did you notice when she said that, he goes like one K at a time? <laughs> like he starts slowing down. <laughs> it's such a great, it's such a great little note. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to figure, I think it's short circuit. Yeah, it's short circuit where Fisher Stevens is an Indian guy. But, yeah. One of the more great <laughs> Uh, what freak he's talking and he's like so uh what's your interest in Kate Libby eh? academic purely sexual right <laughs> Dade responds homicidal homicidal yeah congratulations you beat her score you just made an enemy for life <laughs> <laughs> there is this movie is so 90s it's incredible oh absolutely it's it's a very much a time capsule of the 90s this and Clueless will give you the 90s in two movies that's it, all you need are those two movies. It's ridiculous. You even have a band that's almost sort of Rage Against the Machine as. I swear to God, if you say Power Man 5000, I'm a shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying in the movie, the, the band that shows up when they're going to see uh, Razor and Blade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The two, um, the two TV hosts, the two Asian guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those dudes, those dudes crack me up too. Just. Well, like over I love the, top, the end you know? of the movie where they have people around the world just basically saying, I'm on, I'm on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the whole getting the crew back together scene. It's, it's like uh, in position. Yeah, it's basically the ending of Avengers Endgame, but like in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, and spread out across the world. You know? <laughs> it's uh, Razor and Blade come on and just say, on your left. And then... Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hacking on your left. <laughs> Hacking on your left. You know? <laughs> Like scamming a payphone for five dollars worth of quarters, you know, on your left. <laughs> that that's is that actually do, do payphones do that off of the sound? That was the thing. That that's that's one of the legit hacks that you could do. And um, yeah, you just record the sound and then you play it back, just like they say in the movie. That was what you could do. And that's absurd. yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. That's how like they like I've said the anarchist cookbook before. That was a big thing. Where like if you've seen Terminator Two. You've also seen something from that book. It's when, um, ah, uh, fuck, I can't think of his, oh, what the hell is his damn name? Uh, Connor, um, John Connor. He's, yeah. when he's scamming the Mac machine and he puts in, like, I think he puts in the quarter and then pulls it back out or whatever. You know, that's, that's another way of doing it. That was another yeah. thing, like a big thing to scan the payphone calls. Also, know? were payphones really $5? 
Well, that's the thing. I think it was long distance, I think is what uh, they were going for. Um, no, payphones at the time were like a quarter. Would They were a quarter. And then I remember the big time, like the big switch was went up to like 50 cents or something like that. And that was like unheard of. It's like, oh, this is ridiculous. And that was right about who carries, when. Who carries $5 worth of quarters around with them? Exactly. Well, the terrorists and the car would have been. Quartage right now. That's, that's irresponsible. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of change to be lugging around. <laughs> but, but, um. Uh, Another one of the my favorite lines in this movie is uh, Dade's asking what's up with serial killer. He's like, what is it with this guy? And Freak responds, uh, his parents missed Woodstock and he's been making up for it ever since. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's the best way to describe him. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah, it's... <laughs> so the thing with this movie is Angelina Jolie has one of the best performances. But she has one of... She, like, of all the performances in the movie... She's who I have like the least to say about. Well, yeah, but that's because it's it's because she's good in it, and yeah. there's there's nothing really aside from her, and that's the thing with a lot of Angelina. I've noticed a lot of her performances. She's for the most part playing somebody who's like a little left of center of who she really is. Yeah, or is just a regular person. Um, and then in this movie, aside from her like sexy Beatles haircut. Mm-hmm. You know, She's she's very much she, you get the feeling she's very much herself, but has to pretend to be a hacker, you know, yeah. playing a hacker because she's she's sexy, she's funny, she's witty, you know, she's everything that Angelina Jolie becomes very famous for. Her. Yeah, and she's so as a, where everyone else is so over the top that you're like they're they're not great performances by any means, but they're entertaining performances. Her absolutely, is, she's. She's good. She's probably the best performance in the movie. Like, if you're saying, like, objectively looking at their acting. Yeah. Yeah, she and Johnny Lee Miller are, like, yeah. they're right there. They're, they're acting in a movie that is inherently ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But they, they have to kind of ground it because they're obviously, they're also the romantic. Maybe Johnny Lee Miller has his moments that are sort of wild. Yeah, it's like the revenge line and yeah. <laughs> and the uh, the blow me line when he and um when Fisher Stevens and the feds come knocking at his door. <laughs> who no. I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> you know, because he's asking the play who he is. He has no idea who the fuck he is. But I'm saying, like, they're like two decent actors surrounded by a circus in this. Oh, movie. absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 but it's 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 one of those 90s it's one of those perfect 90s circuses like where you watch it and go this is just stupid enough to be the best movie i've ever seen (laughs) i feel like like the only thing that's missing is like someone cabbage patching (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) or listening to power man 5000 apparently (laughs) listen if if they had a song in this it would have been amazing (laughs) they should have you know bombshell would have worked on that one yeah that was their other hit bombshell <laughs> oh and the cover of relax by um frankie goes to hollywood <laughs> but i don't have much more to say that we haven't already said about this yeah we can yeah we can move on we, we can do our our first beer check-in you know that was that was hackers from 1995 the the bad portion of angie's uh uh segment here but so, again, beer. might be the most entertaining of the three i don't know i i am a big fan of mr and mrs smith I really am. I, I I thought this movie was really entertaining. Oh, it is absolutely. It's, it's I like love Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I think has its parts that are a little boring and drawn out. I don't know, man. I don't know. But we got to it. How's your beer? Yeah. 
So my beer, it's, I didn't really get into what it was. It's 7% alcohol, uh, Belgian style blonde. I really like Belgian style beers. Yeah. As Ross mentioned, his wife talked about it <laughs> before. Yeah. But um, I, it's really good. As far as the 7% alcohol goes, it's like, it, you wouldn't be able to guess that it was 7% alcohol. Yeah, it's pretty smooth. I've had, I've had it. It's pretty smooth. I would say, like, in terms of a higher alcohol beer, it's definitely one of the ones that you could just sort of drink. Like, I last week I was saying how the beer filled me up and I could only see myself having, like, two of them. This week, yeah, your, your uh, creamsicle I, beer. <laughs> yeah. This week I could get through probably, like, I could go – they come in four, four tall boy cans. I could probably make it through all four of them in a night. Yeah. Yeah, their that one's pretty. I remember that one. But yeah, mine's uh, mine's 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 one of my favorite beers from Shipbottom Brewery, the uh, Blueberry Bikini Wheat Ale. It's a uh, Blueberry Bikini Bottom Wheat Ale. It's it's four point seven, so it's very mild and it's very easy. And the blueberry taste is kind of there. It's kind of like a hint at the end, but it's it's just a pretty smooth wheat ale. I love this thing because like I remember like sitting we go down the shore grabbing a bunch of these and like sitting at like obviously you can't do it now but sitting at the brewery down there you know having a few of these or grabbing a six for a four pack to go and sitting on the deck or something having a few of these and like unwinding after a long strenuous day of being on the beach you know <laughs> but uh yeah. it's great the only the only gripe i have with it and if anybody from ship bottom is listening maybe you can fix this is my regular um pint glass that I have doesn't fit a full tall boy it well it taps out and I have a little bit left over in the can after I pour so maybe you can add another I don't know four ounces to the can to the uh to the mug and I think it'd be perfect but yeah it's one of my favorite beers I love it and I've already I'm on my second one wait where's shit bottom again Long Beach Island okay yeah it's in um the brewery itself is located in Bay Village and then bone souls in glassboro yeah there you go all right so that's that on to uh the better category which is wanted from 2008 directed by timor beck mambatov one of the yeah, best they, director names ever <laughs> me, me and ross disagree on this but this is my favorite movie we watched this this week. is this of these three this is my least my least favorite and um Timor also directed America, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which was mentioned by uh, Max on the Captain America episode. Yes. And really? uh, yeah, he also... One, yeah. Maybe one episode we can watch Lincoln and then Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> See which one's more historically accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he also did the Ben-Hur remake that no one saw. And uh, yeah. Angelina in this one plays Fox a super cool, sexy assassin in the fraternity run by... Uh, so every one of these movies, uh, let's just say Angelina Jolie's character can be prefaced with super cool, sexy. Yep. Pretty much all of her roles, too. It's, it's, <laughs> aside with a couple exceptions, that's pretty much, that's pretty much her. <laughs> and she fits it perfectly. Like, the woman is... And, I, I mean, you, you're going to listen to this and at some point you're going to be like, oh, you're focusing on her looks too much. Like, it's Angelina Jolie. You can't not focus on how gorgeous she is. You know, she is just amazingly beautiful. We are not trying to take away from her talent at all. Oh, absolutely she's not. She's, she's very talented too, but she also knows what she has and uses yeah. it. Like she very much uses it. Mm -hmm. 
Now, I love Wanted. So this is a movie following a... It's a guy who is oddly relatable at the start of the movie. He says sorry too much. He's not happy yeah. with his life. He uh, James McAvoy. James, I love James McAvoy, too. Yeah. He's one of my favorite modern actors. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, pretty, he's pretty good. And um, he is working an office job that he hates. He has a girlfriend that he knows is cheating on him with Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Fat Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a terrible boss at work that he gives... He has a freakout moment that I imagine most people wish they could have on their boss. It's a pretty good job quitting moment. It's pretty great. <laughs> and the best part of it, so one of the, my favorite things about those movies is the slow-mos. I, I love some of the slow-mo scenes. And one of the slow-mo scenes is he's as he's walking out, Chris Pratt goes, who's the man? He picks up his keyboard bashes him across the face with it and it, the slow-mo just says fuck you with the keys yeah and the he tooth is the, the man. U. the tooth is the you and in, in you <laughs> it's, it's a good scene i i enjoyed that scene yeah the rest this movie for me is just two hours of james mcavoy getting his ass kicked and i'm not a giant fan of that <laughs> it was just too much <laughs> I, I thought the training scenes were pretty cool um, yeah, the, the, well, the big thing, in case no one knows about this movie, is the curve the bullet gimmick. Yeah. You know, where you they can... They did an episode on Mythbusters, myth, myth rest in yeah. peace, yeah. Did they figure out you can do it, or what? No, you cannot curve a bullet. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, well, there's one scene, speaking of that, there's one scene where McAvoy's character, Wesley, is learning to curve bullets, and he has to curve it around this big pig carcass in the middle of this and you know, Angelina Jolie does the old training thing that James McAvoy does himself in X-Men Days of Futures Past when he's trying to teach uh, Havoc to control his right. uh, energy beam, which is yeah. she stands in the way of the bullet and he has to curve it around her or he's going to kill her. Yeah, and personally, I couldn't take that shot. I couldn't do it. Like, knowing that I might hit her, no, it's not going to happen. So like, Morgan Freeman, Freeman in front of me and I might do it. From, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Exactly. Yeah. This is not going to happen. Also, one of the great scenes in this movie is uh, uh, James McAvoy goes to his old apartment to pick up some stuff, and his girlfriend's cheating on him there with Chris Pratt, and he just he just bashes the door in and knocks, knocks Chris Pratt out, basically. <laughs> and right. she, his old girlfriend's going on a tirade on him. And because she's not, terrible. He doesn't give a single fuck about it. Walks in, what grabs what he needs, walks out. Angelina Jolie walked in, and the girl's instantly like, oh, shit, I'm not as hot as Angelina Jolie. <laughs> well, she said, she's like, who is she, your whore? It's like, what? Because she's wearing a leather jacket? Like, what's what's the matter with you? And then, it, like, that that scene bothered me because there's no, A, no reason for it. It's completely yeah. unnecessary for her to kiss him like she does. Mm-hmm. But it's also because, like, he's so unfazed by his shrew of an ex, ex-girlfriend. Why does she, because she feels the need, like, oh, he's being shit on. I'll go and make this, make this guy feel like a big man and make him look cool in front of these two. She doesn't need to do that because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. You know, walking back out. So it's like. What? But the smile that's on McAvoy's face after the kiss is priceless. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. But I have that written down here. Like, 
the look that on his face is almost like, wait, why is this happening? Why are you doing this? <laughs> it's kind of like, what's going on here? Almost like but the he does himself. have the light bulb moment. He's like, ow. <laughs> it's almost like he didn't realize it was going to happen it was it's yeah. like almost like she imp- like she improvised it but it, obviously she didn't but it yeah it's almost like it doesn't make any sense because you know the scene doesn't make any sense but it's a lot of this movie does it, it's an action it's a, it is a group it's a over-the-top action movie well that's the thing and like i can I can accept, I can suspend this belief that you can curve bullets and yada, 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 secret fraternity of assassins who gets their names of their targets from a magical loom. You know, I can, I can, I can believe that, but it's little things like where the, the kiss, the random ass kiss to make his ex-girlfriend feel like shit, but even though she's a piece of shit regardless and he doesn't care or the the grotesque shot of Chris Pratt's ass in the beginning when she slaps it when he's banging his his girlfriend. I, like, I don't need to see fat Chris Pratt's ass. I don't need to say it. Star Lord maybe, but not fat Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah, if we're talking if we're talking MCU Chris Pratt, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Give me that. Give me that Chris Pratt. Maybe I'll say it. But um, but there's just a lot about this movie, and then like the all the training scenes where the one guy just beats the shit out of him for no reason, like where he's tied to a chair. He yeah. just, just kicks his ass for like an hour, and I, I don't care. Show me secret fraternity assassin shit. Like, I want to see that. Like, the scene on the, of them on the train, of um, McAvoy and Jolie on the train, where they actually go, and he has a hit to, to make. Yeah. And, like, I want to see more shit like that. Like, that's what I want to say. And like, I, I, the train scene and the scene where he goes rampaging through the building to take down the secret fraternity of assassins. Right. Yeah, those are both um, like in terms of modern action movies, they're two of my favorite scenes. They're good, yeah, and like they're they're they are good. Like, and I would like to see more of that kind of thing. I I don't want to see the like, for lack of a better word, just like the Red Bull commercial Monster Energy drink brand of you know action in this movie, which is just a bunch of the bro shit, you know, and. Like, I don't, I don't need to see him being a piece of shit and feeding a cat a Red Bull. You know, I don't need to see that. You know, I know this guy's an asshole who hates his life. Let's, let's move on and have him be the chosen one kind of thing. And but I, I feel like they're trying to cover a character arc where he's moving from someone that's basically just, uh, he, for lack of a better term, he is the narrator from Fight Club at the start of this movie, roughly. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, without the nuance, you know, <laughs> it's it's like without the, without that level of irony that Fight Club does have, and it's it's yeah, because Fight Club is Fight Club's a, a masterpiece, and yeah. Wanted is not. No, but Wanted is kind of like people who watch, like if you're watching Fight, if you're watching Wanted, and the thing you get out of it is this bro is being a bro and he's, you know, banging, he's, he's banging and he's kissing Angelina Jolie and he's being, he's being a tough guy. And, you know, he's, he's saying, what the fuck have you done with your life? Like at the end of all this. And it's kind of like guys, they'll, they'll watch fight club and not understand that it's a critique of that hyper masculinity yeah. and all that. And it's making fun of that. Like they'll look at Wanted and be like, this is the best movie ever made because this dude's a bro. He drinks energy drinks and he fucks shit up, man. You know, it's like, I, I want a little nuance there. And Mark Millar, the guy who created the comic book that this is based on, is not capable of that. He just isn't. <laughs> yeah. I, now, my thing with, so, I I don't think Wanted is as, I, I have a higher view on it than you. Obviously. And 
granted, I don't like that they made Morgan Freeman a bad guy because I love Morgan Freeman. I don't want now, to be a bad in guy. In all fairness, if we could get him to say, shoot this motherfucker in every movie, yes. I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> when he says that line, I was like, yep, that's what I've been waiting for. That's, it kind of makes it worth it. <laughs> but, like, things in this movie, so the rampage at, that he goes through at the end, amazing. It's a good scene. I enjoyed it. I think Thomas Kretschmann gives one of the better performances in this. Which guy's that? He, it, what? Which one's that? Who is that? He's Cross. Oh, the father. The guy who turns out to be his father. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's not bad. He's good. And so my favorite scene in the movie is the, the train scene where they are trying to take him out. Right, where they keep shooting each other's bullets? Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. That's all right. Um, Angelina Jolie is just – she's just being badass Angelina Jolie in this. It's another movie where I feel like I don't have that much to say about her performance directly. Well, see, with her, with her performance in this, it's – because it's in that era of – it's past Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's three years after Mr. and Mrs. Mm-hmm. Smith, which I, think, which I think is the peak of her – um is of her actionness because physically there is a point in her career and this isn't you know a critique on her as a woman this is just physical evidence that when you watch these movies you can see she becomes very very thin and like especially in the arms and when you watch salt and she's kicking ass in that it's almost unbelievable because there's no way this woman is any kind of force from behind her punches so i forget I know she was going through a medical issue, I think, around this time period. Right. And, it's, and I forget it's, exactly what it was. I, I watched the documentary on some of her medical stuff and the work that you, like, because she was doing a lot of her philanthropic work around, like, when she was going through the medical stuff, her philanthropic work yeah. was what sort of kept her going. Like, that was, like, almost her uh, therapy for dealing with the medical stuff. So all respect to her for that. So well, yeah, obviously, yeah. And then she's the one. I think it was a few years ago decided to get out in front of things with uh, breast cancer and um, you know take care of her double mastectomy or something like that. And that's that's great. You know, obviously, take charge. You know, she has the resources. She can do all these things. But there is a certain amount of disbelief when you look at her. Just her physical. Her her physical the makeup of her body, her arms especially, because they are very thin. Like, when I look at her in this, then there's a scene, obviously, of her coming out of the healing bath where she it's, – it's the obligatory ass shot. You see, her, you see her ass. You see all her tattoos, which most of which are her legit tattoos. I think it's the giant dragon. God, that's I love her. tattoos. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not – I think the giant dragon is not her tattoo. The rest are. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's a certain point where you see her punching or shooting and doing all this stuff where you go, okay – how the fuck is she pulling this off? Like her legs, her arms would break, you know, they're just physically not big enough <laughs> to do these things or in shape enough. No, it's fun. So I think Maleficent sort of, well, Maleficent's not an action movie. It, it's more Disney fairy tale. It's, health fan. it's, it's, it's you know, yeah, it's sleeping beauty's nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> or but, grandmother, it turns out. <laughs> But, I mean, what – so what Maleficent sort of does is it removes most of the physical aspects that she needs because most of the wardrobe or whatnot is 
either covering her up a lot or when it's not, there's a lot of CGI involved with like the wings and everything. Yeah. And for the most part, it's just Angelina's Jolie's face and facial performance and like actual acting performance where you're not really paying attention to her body. And my God, does she shine in that movie? I think I liked Maleficent so much more than I thought I would. Well, that's the thing. She is, she's an incredible actress, obviously. Now, like when you look at girl interrupted, which is the one that she won the best supporting actor for and by far deserved the shit out of that movie, of that award, because she is amazing in that role. She is playing an actual character with, and you look at her and she's, she's just inherently good looking because she's Angelina Jolie, even though her character has these fucked up bangs in it. (laughs) But you look at her, you go, this is Angelina, she's sexy, but this character is also very like a disturbed. She's, she's a mental patient. Who's a lifer. She calls it. She's been there since she was eight years old and now she's like 20, but she's she disappears kind of into that role because she's playing a damaged human being and she gets to actually act which is why and i'm gonna say a controversial statement here again don't care if i get stoned in the streets why i think laura croft is one of her better roles as well oh god because she actually gets to become a character her british accent depending on what you look at it according to British people is pretty good. You know, it's, it's kind of spot on, but she gets to play like, while I finish my beer because of that statement. (laughs) Yeah, do it. She actually, she actually gets to play a character in those movies. Whereas a lot of her other roles and aside from Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which we'll get to like gone in 60 seconds, she's barely in, but she plays sway who is basically just a white girl with dreads who's Nick Cage's ex. She doesn't really get much to do in that movie. Um, Maleficent, again, is another movie where she does get to play a role. Exactly. And that's probably why she's so good at it, because she's a great actress. Now, when you give her something to do, she's going to take it 120%. She's going to give you gold. Tigress, she doesn't get the most screen time in the first one. None of the Furious Five do in the first Kung Fu Panda. Right. But they give them more screen time in the sequels. And that ensemble, with her sort of leading the way of the ensemble behind Jack Black. Yeah. Amazing. Love it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, with her other solo movies, like in Bone Collector, she's playing, um, obviously, second fiddle to Denzel, who is, if you're going to play, you know, play against somebody, Denzel, you're not going to get much better than that. Nah. Especially even though it's just him acting, his head acting. She's like his She's like his body in that movie. But mm-hmm. she's good because she's supposed to be like a conflicted new rookie cop. So she's okay. But it's also a character that, like I said, it's just kind of slightly left of center of what she usually, like a regular person. Whereas then you look at the movie like Taking Lives, which is a god-awful movie. <laughs> he is an FBI profiler, but she's also just slightly left of center of like a regular Angelina Jolie human being. So she's not that good. She has the, uh, she has the whole thing. People say like Robert Downey Jr. And uh, Jack Nicholson, where a lot of their roles, they're playing close to what you imagine they're actually like. Right. And that's, that's what makes it's weird because with a lot of actors, when they have, 
their wheelhouse, which is basically just them, but slightly different, like a slightly modified version of who they are. There are some actors who are great, like, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Jack Nicholson, like we just mentioned. Denzel is another one where he plays a slight variation on a cool guy, Denzel. Yeah. But with Angelina Jolie, her, she's very good in all of her movies. So I don't think, I don't think she's ever given a poor performance. She's done she's bad movies. Really bad movies. Don't get yeah, us she's, wrong. She's done bad movies, but they never. It's never her that's bad. Exactly. Yeah, it's that's right. It's not her. Whereas, in, um, if you give her like a character and something to do and something to bite into, she's gonna she's gonna succeed. She's gonna shine. Yeah. No matter how bad the movie may be. It's like, I wonder how, I wonder how, I didn't think about her for speed. As in what, the Sandra Bullock role? Yeah. That would have been interesting, because that would have been early. That would have been after Hackers. Would have been the movie after Hackers. Would it, have been, it would have been before Hackers, wasn't it? Uh, was it not 96 for speed? 94 for speed, I thought. Speed 94, so it would have been the movie before Hackers. Yeah, and it would have been her hacker's age you know but um yeah, yeah that would have been that would have been interesting i mean yeah i she might have been a bit young for the role at the time she would have been yeah she would have been a but if you, if you threw in like a two like how old she would have been in 2000 or so and threw her in speed it might it might have worked but yeah the only thing is, is i can't picture being the damsel in distress at the end no and that's the thing she does not play she doesn't play weak characters. No, no. She, she doesn't not. do that. Even though, um, even though uh, Kate in Hackers is ostensibly what becomes a love interest, what she is is she's an equal footing character. She's to, a rival at the start. Yeah, to Zero Cool, who's supposed to be this, is supposed to be this legendary hacker. She's right she's there. With rival, uh, for roughly the first half of the movie, she's a rival with sexual tension. Exactly. And in Wanted, she's almost, it's weird because she's almost kind of wasted in this movie as like, as like a... Um, I wanted more of her in this movie. If exactly. that is one thing that I had to say, it's I wanted more of her. Yeah, she's almost like a... Um, I also wanted more of Common, but whatever. <laughs> no, we, we, no one needs more Common. No one, no one needs more Common. The fact that Common is in this kind of amuses me. That's why I wanted more of him. Yeah, and that's, I think that's the problem. I think, I think this movie, probably one of the reasons why I don't like it is because it gave Common part of it, like the beginning of a career. You know, he <laughs> should have just stuck with De La Soul or, you know, been a rapper, you know. I, I, don't, need, I don't need actor Common. I, no one needs it. <laughs> no one needs it. But I love the, one of the best moments in the movie, and one of the most absurd moments is when Angelina Jolie curves the perfect bullet around because they're all standing in a perfect circle <laughs> around the room to kill herself and every other assassin yeah. standing in a perfect. And, and, uh, for some reason, I remembered it as she like shoots it, steps in front of where the bullet's going to go, and steps back into it. But that's not what happens. No, she just kind of stands upright, you <laughs> know, just yeah. straightens up. It's it. <laughs> It's a movie that, in a movie that defies physics, it's it's an even it's an extra level of ridiculous because that's not how bullets would end up working. Eventually, they would have stopped after like the yeah. sixth skull that it went through. <laughs> Though they do have some special bullets in this movie, like the uh, the 
what's it the three part bullet that's like the, oh like, yeah the big uses. rifle that that that's like the super rifle bullet that yeah. uh, cross uses and eventually McAvoy uses yeah she shoots is just a regular the bullet sta- the three stage bullet yeah is what it was but called because it's like a rocket where it has like a pro- it has propulsion on the first stage right. drops it has propulsion on the second stage drops yeah. and then becomes like a regular bullet <laughs> yeah it loses its booster rockets in stage one and then it's fueled you know stage two, yeah but um yeah but the bullet she shoots is just a regular bullet and yeah I, i'm pretty sure and medical you know examiners can you know give us the the truth about this but i'm pretty sure it eventually it would have slowed down through about the sixth person and probably never gotten to her <laughs> but they were standing in a perfect circle for the bullets yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of like a, everything's got to be in the right spot for this door you know what it kind of reminded me of the scene in guardians of the galaxy 2 where yondu's using the uh the oh, arrow the thing where he whistles and shoots it through everyone yeah the arrow well, even in that, he's going through their chests. Like, yeah. he never goes through the head. <laughs> he's going through meat. <laughs> he's not going through bone. <laughs> but, yeah, it's her. Yeah, she is definitely kind of, she's definitely wasted in this role. And it also, there's times where, like, she just kind of looks annoyed to be there. Like, yeah. she looks kind of annoyed that she has to be in this movie. Well, the, the start of it, I sort of thought that, like, oh, uh, James McAvoy's character is, like, that he's constantly saying sorry he seems like tripping over himself like maybe someone who's a trained assassin would get annoyed with that and that's what i sort of thought at the start (laughs) yeah well yeah that's great her like opening line to him is the first thing she says is you say sorry too much yeah and then he responds with sorry (laughs) i know isn't there a slow-mo scene where he's saying sorry yeah it's when it's um oh fuck what is it it's it's when they're doing the car chase against it's the car chase yeah. And they go flipping or whatever, and um, he he says something to somebody, and then later when he sh- purposely flips over the guy in the limo, he purposely like jokingly says "I'm sorry" and shoots yeah. him, you know. So it's like he's kind of mastered the "I'm sorry" at that point. But yeah. So I I don't see this as I don't see this as much as like the pro hyper masculine as you do. I see it more as someone like someone that's unhappy with their lives and doing something about it maybe not in a healthy way but they're doing something about it <laughs> well this it's it's just such an aggro movie you know there's there's so much and that's the thing it's 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 McAvoy getting his ass handed to him and the training scene so mm-hmm. what's basically the whole goddamn movie of the dude beating his ass and then the knife guy just doing nothing but cutting him for like 45 minutes and it's it's just so it's so tedious like i don't need it reminds me of you know speaking of the 90s again it reminds me of like 90s comic books where it was like let's do dark gritty these guys are anti-heroes and these guys are just badasses that hate life but want to do hero stuff you know it's yeah it's so bad like it's like reading the comic book spawn nowadays it's like this doesn't work this is this shouldn't have been a thing but somehow it was perfect for the 90s I, I find this movie extremely entertaining. Yeah, it's I think I, I think I felt differently when I first saw it around 2008 or whatever it was. I think it was like, okay, this is all right. This is interesting. But it's also the age difference. I'm a 23-year-old watching it. <laughs> yeah, it's it doesn't to me it doesn't. But we've had discussions like this before where I still love movies like uh, Dogma. 
Yeah, and I don't mind dogma. It's just there's a lot of it that I it doesn't. It I saw it at two different periods of my life. You know, I saw it in high school, and then I see it now, and it's there's a lot of years in between those two times. So it's like there's a lot of change and growth and whatnot, and things you society and you just don't find funny anymore. And most of it is the gay jokes and dogma. I just don't think they're funny anymore. <laughs> Seventeen year old me loved that shit. <laughs> now, well, so. Again, so this is another movie where, while I think Angelina Jolie is one of the better parts of the movie, I don't have much to say about her performance. Yeah, well, that's it's also because she's, again, she's kind of, like we've said, she's kind of wasted in this movie. Yeah. There are better, there are movies, other movies where she's much more prominent, like Salt. Like, we debated, you know, a little behind the scenes over here, we debated making Salt her bad one and Hackers her better. but. Salt is, she's got a terrible wig on, but yeah. it's also she. It's also more Angelina action. So, but Salt is probably like out of. If we're doing Salt in the three movies we watched, Salt was pretty by far my least favorite watching. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough to watch because she's, I don't know, it's it, she's kind of like Brian Mills and Taken, but for like being set as an FBI pro like an FBI agent who's just set up, you know, as a Russian spy, but it turns out she actually is a Russian spy. <laughs> I keep going back to this, but my favorite movie where Angelina Jolie is the movie essentially is Maleficent. Yeah. And that I, I have not seen that yet, but obviously trailers and whatnot and what I've heard about the movie, she's apparently pretty great. It's also one of the movies that like, of, it's a movie that I did not expect to like nearly as much as I did going into it. Yeah, and especially word coming out about you know the sequel apparently is apparently supposed to not be as good as the original, but it's I've never one, seen the sequel for it. Yeah, it's one of those sequels where people are like, "Oh, it's it's not that great." And I'm sure there's probably stuff around Maleficent that's not great, but I bet Maleficent herself is still pretty great because it's Angelina. Yeah, I, I honestly can't give you a movie where I look at it and say, Angelina Jolie was bad. No, and I, that's the thing. I don't think there is one. It's like you, you could look at a movie and say she's average, but generally if you look at a movie and say she's average, it's because they either give, didn't give her much to work with or it was poor right. directing or... Right. Yeah. It's, it seems to me that like there are a few of her movies that are like paycheck movies. And I got that impression from the first Kung Fu Panda when I watched it because she's not in it really. And she, she doesn't play a character that has much emotion or anything. So it's kind of like, she's just in a, I picture her in a room speaking her lines and then leaving. You know. It's like, I, so now what I will say about the first Kung Fu Panda is there she has some of the best moments in the movie like the moment where she explains the backstory of her and tai long and you see, yeah you see how shifu was raising tai long and then you see her come in and he never showed her the same love that he showed tai long yeah and what happened with him yeah and i think any other actress in that role it probably wouldn't be as believable like because there is a certain amount of like mysteriousness just inherent to Angelina Jolie's performance. And she's supposed to be, there's a supposed to be hardness almost, like almost a coldness. Yeah. Which she, she does play very well. And 
we'll get to it more with the next movie because the next movie is what I will have the most to say about her performance specifically. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I again, I love the next movie. But in in Kung Fu Panda, she's very subdued, but it, it's appropriate for the character. But I I can't really picture any other. I, I off the top of my head, I can't think of any other actress that could pull it off the same way she does. And she's very, when you look at her and then you think, oh, she's playing a tiger, a martial arts tiger, like a master, martial arts master tiger. Yeah, that's her. I can see that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and one of the, so when you look at the sequels, one of the things that I love about the Kung Fu Panda movies, and maybe it's because they're more geared towards kids. Maybe it's because you have different animals in it. But she's the main female in the movie. Uh, Jack Black as Poe is the main male. And they the relationship always stands as a mutually respected friendship that has some friendship intimacy, but it never crosses into a, uh, like a, like it's never a a romantic interest. Yes. Which is what, like, I think more movies need that more movies to portray platonic love. Yeah, and that's that, and I think nowadays you're probably going to get more of that because audiences and the people that are creating these movies are, you know, wise to all the tropes and the cliches of the previous, you know, of the times before, like like the '90s especially, where well, my biggest my biggest hatred, like in recent memory, the Star Wars sequels. Ray and Kylo Ren were not supposed to be romantic; it should have been platonic. But whatever, you, you and everybody else in there, that's all those movies. But um, yeah, it's like it's almost like they felt like they had to have it there, but yeah. didn't really know how to do it properly, you know. Yeah. So if you can't do it right, don't do it at all, especially in something like Star Wars, where you have so many people paying so much attention to mm-hmm. it. You know, get it right and get it good before you do this. So with the first Kung Fu Panda, the issue with like Angelina Jolie not getting enough screen time, I'm gonna read you off the list of the top seven actors. Jack Black, Ian McShane, Angelina Jolie, Dustin Hoffman, Jackie Chan, Seth Rogen, Lucy Liu, David Cross, Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, oh, Michael Clark Duncan. (laughs) That makes me sad, too. R.I.P. Actors I left off include Wayne Knight. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, James Hong. (laughs) Yeah, he's um, the legendary James Hong. I, I mean, it, it's a totally star-studded cast. Oh, and Kyle Glass is in it. <laughs> Forgot about that. Of course he is, because Jack Black, yeah. Yeah, you, you gotta get the other half of Tenacious Day in there. So I get, so I sort of get her not getting the biggest role in the first movie, because they're, they're trying to balance a lot of people and trying to just make a movie that works. Right. And then yeah. come the sequels, they're like, we need more Angelina Jolie in this. Yeah, of course, because you know you get a gun, you get a big gun like that, you got to use it. You know? Yeah, you you're, you can't sideline her. Um, it's all right. Which they did kind of side, even though she's a major part of the first two acts, roughly. Yeah. For uh, wanted, she's still she's, sidelined. Yeah, she doesn't have much to do. She just has to stand in the corner and look cool. That's really all she does for most of the movie, and like, you're wasting her that way. She's sort of the mentor for a little bit, but like for like a minute and a half. Yeah, it's it's more like she's the protector because the scenes where she is major, it's she's going against Cross, 
she's there. McAvoy. Yeah, she's she's. I think she's in the movie because McAvoy wasn't a big enough star that they needed somebody sexy to put on the poster. You know, and that's her. She's perfect for that. Now, I'd be curious of them making it with today's McAvoy because now he is a top billed star. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And you put her in the role, it you do you redo this movie, you probably get a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially if you don't have Timor Beck Mambatov be the director. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah. all I have to say about wanted in terms of her yeah. acting. Yeah, they didn't use her enough. I was done. I was done with Wanted after I stopped watching it, so I can be done talking. About it. <laughs> so, second beer check-in. How's your beer coming along? Again, love it, and I now have a cat over my shoulder. So uh, <laughs> I, he likes it as well. <laughs> Just yeah, I, I love this beer. It's great. Yeah, I'm a big. I'm a big fan of my beer as well. Uh, I Bonesaw is one. Of, it's probably my favorite brewery to go and sit at. And that's what Ship Bottom is for me. I, again, I love this damn brewery. I've never been to Ship Bottom or Cape May. I'd love to go. I haven't been to any breweries besides Asbury Park that's like really sort of close to the beach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been to Cape May. I think that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. And right now, because of COVID, Ship Bottom like, at, in um, Bay Village, like right out their front door, there's this big green lawn and they've kind of set up a beer garden out there. Yeah. So, like, it's even better because now you can, instead of sitting inside the building, you can now sit out at the shore you know sit out by the, uh, I, I love the brewery setups during this yeah it's pretty good yeah forcing everybody out to have outside seating has been a pretty good uh pretty great result i think <laughs> now uh, my brother dan will complain that it's too hot out to sit outside <laughs> but yeah today was today was rough i mean no no dan, if it's like above 80 degrees well, <laughs> just in general <laughs> <laughs> He nice. thinks it's too hot to sit outside during the summer. I can see that. Can see Which that. is funny because he won't go in a pool unless it's above 80 degrees. <laughs> it's like my friend Randy. He lives in Miami Beach. He keeps his pool at like 80, like 90 degrees. <laughs> it's Miami Beach. It's South Beach. What are you doing? But um, so I love Le Petit Demon. It, it's their, it's, I think that's considered their flagship beer. Like oh, okay. That. Okay. That's like their main beer that like their generic, that's their Bud Light sort of. <laughs> <laughs> their Bud Light. <laughs> Gotta fit Bud Light in. Yeah, of also, course. Keanu Reeves. God damn it. I was going to say, we haven't gotten to him yet, but you mentioned Speed, but you didn't mention him. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. It's been, he's been mentioned. <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a big lead up to what will surely be a Keanu episode in a, a few weeks. But <laughs> this is actually the Keanu Reeves podcast. We're changing the name from Happy. It Hour is. It's now the Keanu cast. We're going to do nothing but Keanu. We're not even going to talk about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We're just going to switch to Keanu right now. But uh, all right. So getting into our best yeah. movie, we have to get to our best, which is Mr. and Mrs. Smith, 2005, directed by Doug Lyman, who also did Swingers, The Born Identity, Edge of Tomorrow, and American Made. And I saw I you see a lot of Born Identity in this movie. Oh, with, absolutely. Yeah. So the they're br- the uh, director is brilliant when it comes to uh, choreographing fight scenes and gun battles. Yeah, this scene, I, I have three best candidate scenes, uh, best scene candidates for this movie. And um, they, yeah, they're all action scenes. But um, I, yeah. I personally love the car chase at the end where they're having a marital fight while doing the car chase. That's number two for me. The house fight into the car chase is number two for me. 
But uh, yeah, Angelina herself plays Jane Smith. She is the head of iTent Technology Staffing, aka what Brad Pitt calls. She's like Batman for computers, and uh, she is the leader of. She's a female assassin, unknowingly married to another assassin in John Smith, Brad Pitt, her husband. And, and as Anthony. pointed out by uh, as pointed out by Vince Vaughn, they're like he's like, oh, if this is if we were Macy's, they're. Uh... <laughs> Whatever, whatever companies against Macy's. <laughs> yeah. Whatever company competes against Macy's, yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the Lifetime Network. Whatever company, mm-hmm. whatever channel competes well, no, against He Lifetime. says Macy's and uh, I can't remember the other. Uh, Macy's and Gimbal's. Yes. Macy's and Gimbal's, yeah. Yes. And she's like the Lifetime Network and you're like whatever competes against the Lifetime Network. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say this is one of the, I, like this is Vince Vaughn. From the wedding crashers, except he's terrible with women. Right, yeah. He's got I kinda I kinda wanna see his life with his ex-wife that he keeps <laughs> mentioning. I wanna see that because she sounds great. <laughs> she sounds horrible, but she sounds great. And then Adam Brody's in this movie for like two minutes. Right. Well he's uh, yeah. His character is hilarious too because he's he, he is the biggest shit. plot point in this movie. <laughs> that's, right. that's what he he's is. supposed to be this little piece of shit, and he really is. <laughs> he's a plot tool he's yeah, exactly. not a character he's a plot tool yeah so yeah so for those who obviously if, if nobody knows this is a uh it is a remake but it's um john and jane smith are married and they are kind of they've been together depending on who you ask either five or six years and it depends on the day today but they don't seem to be happy in this marriage and it turns out that neither of them know that the other one is a world famous or successful assassin and they are both huge liars about like their life yeah, and they, going to the fact that she hired actors to play her parents <laughs> at their wedding and she which, got mad at Brad Pitt for not bringing her mom a birthday present who is a hired actor right which leads to one of my favorite lines in a movie I can't believe I brought my real parents to our wedding <laughs> <laughs> I love that so, line <laughs> so I can see why they were in a relationship for so long because they have amazing chemistry it's insane the chemistry they have in this movie it really is and i think that's why i love it so much because the two of them are just so goddamn good together that's so good one it is missing is angelina jolie and james mcavoy do not have nearly the chemistry that brad pitt and angelina jolie have exactly and yeah and again like to go back to her original husband or first husband she and johnny lee miller are good together but they do not have brad and angelina or brangelina i do like their chemistry in hackers yeah they're fine they're just if you're going to stack they it up were, these I, I think so where i think brad pitt and angelina jolie work perfect as a marriage that's on thin ice that like they're almost playing through the roles i did think that hackers had a better rival mentality <laughs> yeah yeah, and well, the irony with this with this movie is they are a couple that is going to couples therapy, and they're on the rocks. And you know, obviously nowadays we know that they have now divorced, and they uh, apparently things weren't all great in the branch of the household. Some things on their relationship, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I I thought they were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, apparently the Brangelina household is not uh, not as peachy as everyone may have thought. But um, yeah. 
this movie obviously is the one that destroyed the Brad and Jennifer Aniston couple. It's the one that broke them up and ended all that. But um, but yeah, this I this movie for her, and I have it here, and I'll reemphasize it. This is peak sexiness for Angelina Jolie in my mind. I I love her in this movie. She's she is great in this movie. She play I, she plays a disgruntled wife to the T. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so good. And she's she seems to be way more competent. Er, she seems to be more competent than Brad Pitt in terms of being a killer. Oh, she is. She's killed like 300 some odd people. He's only like at 50. <laughs> that's like that's one of the big arguments. Up with a rocket launcher to take care of the guy and she has an entire like football field by football field zone of right. explosives ready. Yeah, it's got multi stages that they have to hit like different points. He comes roaring in in a dune buggy and blasting poison, and he knocks out one of her posts. And she's like, "I was an idiot on the field." And at this point, they don't know it's each other. But yeah, he's just coming in reckless in a dune buggy, and he's about to just open up fire with a missile launcher. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in this movie. So they're in in this car chase where they are being pursued by hitmen. They're both confessing all the lies they told to the other one. And so Brad good. Pitt goes, "I've been married once," and she slams the brake and, and she starts slapping him, beating him. him. And so what's her name and social security number? I'm not you. You're not killing her. Oh, you're not killing her. This movie is a series. So the first act of this movie, I considered wholly boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm the opposite. I think again. Like I think this movie is great from beginning to end. It set up the relationship, but come like. Until you realize that they're both killers, maybe the first 20 minutes before that, I was like, is, is this movie going to get started? <laughs> well, yeah, the weird, like, I think the one part that does kind of slag is the very beginning because we're introduced to how they met in, like, yeah. Cuba or some South American country that's being overthrown or something like that. Um, and basically how they meet is essentially, like, by opportunity. They're both there on a job, it, it, it seems. Mm-hmm. And they happen to run into each other and the police are looking for people that are alone. And when she comes into this bar or hotel that Brad Pitt's at, they kind of look at each other like, oh shit, we need an alibi here. So they kind of improvise like, oh yeah, she's with me. This is my wife, you know? And that's how they kind of, that's how they meet. They have sex that night and they spend the next relationship, whatever. That's how they meet. And that's how everything starts. But, um, you're, there's also the framing device of the couples therapy, which is um, yeah. that's what the movie actually opens with is them in couples therapy. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and um, the therapist, fun fact, unseen therapist is William Fickner, one of uh, Hollywood's greatest character actors. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they're they're clearly on the rocks when we start this movie. But I, what I love is we see each of their like daily morning routines. Like the boring housewife and husband routine, like suburban routine. And then we see the flip side of it is all of the assassin preparations that yeah. happen around that. <laughs> uh, what, one of my favorite, so they, there are two tropes in this movie that I love. And one is when's dinner going to be ready? Seven o'clock. <laughs> Seven o'clock. And the other is uh, Brad Pitt always saying hi to the neighbor. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> That's, well, then there's also the neighbor that he uh, essentially is going to use as a human shield. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he doesn't sure. even know. He's holding him in front of him. <laughs> right. He's holding him in front of him in case something goes off in the house. And the guy's never even been in the house, which is hilarious to me. It's just like his next door neighbor and his best friend. <laughs> I mean, That's how embedded they are. With his mom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Vince One of my mom. favorite lines is Brad Pitt goes like, "You live with your mom." He's like, uh, "Why would you even bring her up? She she's a beautiful lady. She's, she's a first class lady." <laughs> that's typical like Vince Vaughn line. She's a first class lady, like Dorothy Mantis is the same. That, that the thing with Vince Vaughn is if you sprinkle him into a movie, he can totally make the movie that much funnier. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no one else I would put in that role. He's, he's like, if great. You, if you misuse Vince Vaughn, you're going to have a terrible movie. Yeah, you can't have too much. And especially that era, Vince Vaughn, the motor mouth Vince Vaughn. I would say that's like golden era Vince Vaughn because around then is when like Wedding Crashers and right. Wedding and was, Crashers like, and uh, other Vince Vaughn movies that were funny. <laughs> <laughs> so wedding crashers, wedding crashers, and wedding crashers. Oh, and dodgeball. <laughs> dodgeball. I forgot about dodgeball. Dodgeball is actually the best Vince Vaughn movie. In yeah, life. yeah. It, wedding crashers weirdly doesn't hold up. Like, yeah, no, wedding crashers doesn't hold up yeah. at all. But in a twenty he, from a Vince Vaughn is still funny in it. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 still pretty funny. But yeah, that that whole concept of that movie doesn't really hold up. No, the whole concept doesn't hold up. But Vince Vaughn is funny in it. <laughs> Yeah, and in this movie, it's great because, like, if you add a little more of him, it probably wouldn't be as great, but he's just the right amount of present in this mm-hmm. movie. And he's, like, he's basically John's actual best friend. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> he knows who he really is. <laughs> I'm looking at Vince, so... Like, I was looking at Vince Vaughn's most well-known movies. On IMDb, Dodgeball's not considered one of his top four, which is... I don't- I think they messed up the algorithm for that. Like, I don't know how that goes anymore. It used to be the most popular ones, but now it's, I don't know what it is now. Like, these are what they consider Vince Vaughn's top four. The Breakup. I've never actually seen it. Ugh, why? (laughs) Uh, Wedding Crashers, which I I can bias it. I can see that, yeah, obviously. Couples Retreat, I also can being one of the more popular ones. fucking kidding me? Who made this list? I, I, that movie's terrible, but awful. And then Brawl and Cell Block 99, which I don't even know anyone who's seen that movie. I, mean, I didn't even know, I don't know the words you're saying right there. I don't know what you're talking about. That, and Vince Vaughn goes to jail and tries to learn to be a tough guy. I'm pretty What sure. year is it from? Uh, 2017. Get oh, the fuck actually, out of here. Wait, it's actually a really critically high rated movie. What? With that title? I don't think so. So it's a former boxer turns drug runner lands in prison battleground after a deal gets deadly. Okay. Metacritic sure. score of seventy nine. Sure, I'm I'm sure somebody saw that movie. <laughs> I don't. And wow. It's, uh, it's so it's Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Carpenter, and Don Johnson. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a cast, all right. <laughs> <laughs> With the if I'm being honest, the only movie, the only with Don Johnson I think of is uh, Knives Out. Yeah, I yeah. love Knives Out. <laughs> Knives Out is my favorite movie I've seen in the last two years. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, Don, jo- yeah, Don Johnson is obviously more known for Miami Vice, the TV show. That's his biggest thing. But um, he's he's done some stuff. Uh, was he was he Nash Bridges? I don't know. 
But um, yeah, so obviously Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, I love this damn movie. And most of it is because Angelina is in this movie. She's like the peak action Angelina Jolie. Everything about her she does in this movie is so believable and awesome. So I, I think she plays the disgruntled wife so perfectly. And then I love the scenes where Brad and Angelina are in open, like, antagonism against each other. Because they'll be on calls and they'll be like, hey, honey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love the elevator scene. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's a good one. And I, I think that's where Angelina gets to show off a bit the most, like, where she has Brad Pitt in it. And, like yeah. he's he's trapped in the elevator and she has explosives rigged to where he found most of them but not all of them yeah apparently not the main one that yeah. she says like the base charge on the principal cable it's like the principal cable it's the main goddamn cable well, the, be- the best part of that scene is when she's like all right i'm gonna blow it in five four any last words three two Bye. Bye yeah, she gets the three. She's like, "All right, goodbye, John." <laughs> and then they, the one of her friends blows the line, and she's like, "What? You said bye to him? <laughs> oh, you said goodbye?" <laughs> yeah, it's a good. Yeah, I like that line too. But yeah, obviously, it turns out it wasn't wasn't the right elevator because he pulled a switcheroo. He pulled a. Uh, he has a little remote attached to the camera, so he's in a different car. And he comes like when they show him finally coming down. He's look. He's got this look on his face like I can't believe she fucking killed me. Like, I can't believe she blew up the damn elevator, you know? <laughs> so the main driver of this movie is the chemistry the two leads have. Absolutely. And there's no one I, – I have a hard time trying to think of anybody else that you could put in, this, in these movies. So this, if I was thinking, in this, movie. this is the only movie that I, I don't think I could replace Angelina in. When I was thinking of Hackers, I was thinking Winona Ryder, maybe. Oh, her Girl Interrupted co-star. <laughs> no, I I don't know what Winona Ryder's age at that point, but she seems to like at that age she was doing the edgy, like sort of punk rock looking girl. Well, it was four years before Girl Interrupted, so yeah. it, it it wasn't much. It wasn't much different than that, you know. But um, I almost picture a little bit in Beetlejuice. Just a couple. Yeah, years. that was eighty. Seven, I think. So eight years later after Beetlejuice is perfect in terms of age, I was thinking. And then you have her playing the edgy girl, like punk rock looking girl. Right. And I think Winona Ryder works in that niche a bit. Yeah, I mean, she's got that look. You know, obviously nowadays she's, you know, the mom from Stranger Things. But yeah, yeah at the time that was definitely her her look. And then in terms of, Excuse me. Um, in terms of Wanted, I feel like you kind of could have plugged in any attractive female action star into that role. Yeah, she does nothing in that movie. You could, you, you could do anybody in there. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, is that's the Brangelina movie. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's, like I said, there's no one else I could think of. Like, I'm thinking of other Hollywood power couples, like Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. There's no way they're fitting in that, and that's not yeah. working. And no, they're both. I would say that they are both less talented than Brad and Angel oh, in terms of acting. They're they're not even in the same league, you know. They're 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 not in the same sport, you know. Let alone the same. Like league. Ben Affleck has his moments. 
He's no Brad Pitt, though. He's, not he's Brad no Pitt. Brad Pitt. And Jennifer Lopez is Jennifer Lopez. She's a fly girl. I, I don't think I've ever seen a movie with her in that I liked. I've never seen anything that I liked of her. I am not a fan of Jennifer Lopez, especially now that she's Alex Rodriguez is whatever. You know, she's just downhill from ever, from the beginning. I, Ross is a Red Sox fan. Just <laughs> I'm also a fan of taste, and she doesn't have any. <laughs> you know, come on. What are we doing? You should have shot her. Like ben, Affleck, ben Affleck, like, you could look at his career and be like, Argo was good. Goodwill Hunting was good. Uh, Gone Girl was good. Hey, Dazed and Confused in the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer were all right. <laughs> but I, I just can't see a Jennifer Lopez movie. And I'm like, oh, wow. Look at Jennifer yeah. Lopez. Nope. None. There, is, there isn't a reason for her to have a movie career. Not at all. She, her career should have ended when Living Color did. <laughs> but... Yeah, like again, I'm trying to think of anybody in Hollywood that Wait, could have played yeah. these better. Here, here's here's a proposal for you. What if the Keanu? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Got yourself with that one, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What if the Keanu Sandra Bullock? power couple happened huh that would okay and they played mr and mrs smith yes i think i don't know i think it wouldn't have i don't think it would be as good but i do think it would, it would still be good it would be fine i think it'd be okay it definitely wouldn't be the same because there's a certain edge that both characters have in this movie that Angelina gives her character and Brad Pitt gives his. And I don't think Keanu and Sandra are capable of. So here's my thing with Keanu is in order to make that movie work, it would have to be 2012, not 2005. Cause you need John wick age Keanu. I feel like. Right. Okay. Yeah, and you do. My, my bigger issue is Sandra Bullock does not have the coldness that Angelina Jolie no. can do. She, I don't think she could play a killer. Like she couldn't play a straight up stone cold assassin. Like she does. Like she, she can do a cop fine or FBI agent that has killed people. Right. But no, but I, I don't think that she would have the same edge Angelina Jolie has. Yeah, and the two, Keanu and Sandra have good chemistry, but they do not have Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Chemistry. It's. I would like to see it more developed because. Like, I think if you did it in 2012, they might. Maybe. I mean, again, like, uh, it's tough to beat the two of these two of Brangelina in this movie. These two are so perfect for each other mm-hmm. in this film. It's yeah, crazy, they, especially they... when you watch the scene, the house fight, mm-hmm. where after they have, well, it, it's, it's really just the three in a row. It's the initial dinner after they both discovered their assassins. That's a great scene there. Yeah. And that leads, the obviously. Beans. <laughs> was that? Oh, the, yeah, the beans. Yeah. I, I love when she comes out and she said, I've never cooked a day in my life. <laughs> I've never cooked a day in my life. I temp girls cook. <laughs> yeah, honey, I got to tell you, cooking sucks. John, I've never cooked a day in my life. <laughs> but, but, uh, another potential couple replacement. But again, this would be probably 2012, not 2005. And I'm going to throw out Leonardo DiCaprio and Margot Robbie. 
Oh, like Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. Era. Um, I think that would be pretty good because she's she's obviously great. She can play. She can play that. She has the Harley Quinn. She has the so she can play psychotic. I I don't know if I've seen her really cold. Well, yeah, there. It's yeah. There's there is that certain element of Jane Smith that is just a very she's surface level supposed to be the perfect wife, but on the obviously the flip Resentful side, she's also the perfect killer. Obviously. Yeah, she's the perfect killer too. Mm-hmm. And so I I think Margot Robbie could pull it off, but I I don't really have much in the way of evidence to say that she could. Right, um, and I think we're just going off, you know, her track record of being a great actress. You know, I think that would yeah, work. Yeah, Margot Robbie has, a, like, every movie I've seen her in, she's the best part of it. Or one. Yeah, she's good. And I think somebody else, I'm trying to think of who would play Mr. Smith in the situation, but, like, Charlize Theron. Oh, definitely, I love Char- Charlize Theron would be perfect. <laughs> she's amazing. She would definitely be able to play Jane. No, I think she plays the character same. perfect, but I can't think of someone she would have chemistry with. Exactly. Her. That's what I'm trying to think of. Like, I, has a Brad Pitt. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't think of any. If you, I, I would be curious to see Brad and Charlize Theron playing. Yeah. Like, that would be interesting. I, I do think Brad is good with chemistry. Like, I think most people have decent, like, because he's the way his personality seems to be, I think a lot of people have good chemistry with him. Yeah, he's he hasn't really, he doesn't really have many roles where he's not great with whoever he's on screen with. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's pretty awesome. But there is one Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where I, I don't even know the girl's name but she she's probably thirty years younger than him. Oh, the the hippie, the Manson cult hippie. Yeah. Um, and she, they only share like two scenes. She's in oh. the Nice Guys. Um, yeah, she's in the Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and uh, Ryan Gosling. Uh, but they still have the chemistry. Oh, absolutely. And that's I, I'm pretty yeah. Obviously, that is mostly for Brad Pitt because yeah, the guy the guy's just an amazing actor. He really is, and. There's one scene in this movie, and I love it, and it's it's the um, it's before the elevator scene. John has infiltrated ITEMP. He oh has, yes, he is underneath their penthouse level suite, and he eventually they burn all their hard drives. They're all taking their you know their their they all have their guns that they have. right, and they shoot them out the windows, and these are their escape lines. Jane is obviously the last one to go out and he makes it into the room. He, she leaves, gets to, for some reason, her line goes to right on like the very ledge yeah. of the building they're going to. Like, I feel like the main head of the assassin group should be the one that gets to actually know she's going to live. Yeah. <laughs> but what does he yell at her? Well, she gets to the other building. He's in the window and he yells at her. He goes, chicken shit. And she yells, pussy! And when she yells that, he gets this look on his face like it wounds him. He's like, oh. But when she yells the word pussy at him, she has this smile on her face that I'm sorry. Any, anybody in America watching it, man, woman, fish, mammal, I don't care. You get turned on when she says that. (laughs) That's just how sexy this woman is. All all the couples listening that are in a struggling marriage, here here's the fix to it. You both got to become assassins and try to kill each other for a little bit. Yep, and it will, it will work out fine. 
Yeah, they end up together. They end up having a great life at the end of this movie. Sex life gets better. It's 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> so, by far, I would say that this is the best Angelina Jolie performance. Easily. And it's it's obviously, and that's, that's also given her best supporting actress, you know, Oscar award, you know. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't really taking into account the other movies, but yeah, this is one of, because I would actually argue Maleficent is up there with Angelina Jolie performances. I'm sure it is. Of yeah. the three movies that we're specifically talking about, this is the best. Because this is the movie where she stands out. This he, is the movie where she is giving a chance to just be, she is the movie. Like, her and Brad Pitt are this movie. And yeah. everyone else is playing second fiddle to them. And neither one of them has lead fiddle because they just play so well off of each other. Right. And obviously the title of it is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like yeah. they are the title couple. So they are sharing top billing, but yeah, it's, it's, and this is, a, this is another movie where, and again, I keep mentioning it because, you know, um, I love Angelina Jolie and she's just so damn sexy to me. She does her sexy side eye in this numerous times. And every time you're like, God damn, this woman is just pure heat on screen. That's, that's, all that's So the thing with me is while I find her attractive, she was never the sex symbol in like my, like her sex symbol days were sort of before yeah. my era. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But she, yeah, she is. Wow. Cause and then multiple times, multiple different sources. She, I'm not gonna say she's not attractive. Like that, oh, no yeah. one would say that she's not attractive. No, you, you then, like very, growing up for me, sex symbol wise, it's people like Jennifer Lawrence and stuff. Yeah, the the the, the next level, the next uh, you know, the next wave, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, like she was numerous times. Angie is numerous times sexiest woman alive. You know, Esquire, FHM, oh, all. Brad Pitt also has a numerous times. <laughs> Right, exactly. Like she's, she's, she, and they she's were very Hollywood's power couple. <laughs> exactly, and the best part is, I think about her is she knows how sexy she is. She knows how great of an actress she is, but at the same time, she'll also go out and be like the UN ambassador to wherever for whatever. Well, I have you know? <laughs> so much respect for her on her. She's political and philanthropic career it's like my, this woman does everything it, it is she really does and it's 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 almost weird to like hear the news because new stuff comes out every day obviously about Wait, what country she's a diplomat i forget what country she is a diplomat to though i think it's somewhere in africa uh, I, I know it, i, I want to say it's syria but i'm not entirely sure i don't know um but it's it's kind of weird to see how you know, great she is at everything and, you know, her philanthropic efforts and all that. But then to see, because nowadays, now since her divorce is final, all of the stuff is coming out, you know, and you find out that Brad Pitt doesn't really have a speaking relationship with a couple of his kids. And, but it's, a, it's a couple of the adopted kids. Um, and then you find out that she's having, you know, she's had some issues with dealing with, you know, various different things. And it's like, Oh, she might not be the perfect woman, but then again, you think at least now, you know, she's flawed. Like, you know, she's not perfect. She seems like the perfect person. Yeah. But then it's even better. It's almost works also in her favor to find out that things have kind of, are kind of, that she does have things that have gone wrong for her. Like she is human, you know? (laughs) 
And that does help us connect with anyone in terms of like yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, I think it's Cambodia. Yeah. I think it's Cambodia. She also because she also has citizenship in Cambodia for some reason. But um I I, I think that's maybe where she adopted some of her kids from. I think one might be from Cambodia. Yeah, I don't know. It, there's so many of them that it's it's hard to follow. I know she's got three with Pitt, um, all of which were born overseas. So uh, does that make them American citizens? <laughs> I mean, when Brad Penn, Angelina Jolie are your parents, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they found a way around it. But um, but yeah, it's. To, I guess to wrap up with her, it she's she's. A, she really is amazing, and especially if you give her a role to like Where sink her teeth. She can actually shine and is not just forced to the background. Yeah, you give her something to sink her teeth into. She's going to give you gold, and you're going to love it. And and that's why I think Mr. and Mrs. I think her role as Jane Smith in this movie is my favorite because it is it's a combination of everything great about her. She gets to be a character. By far, especially the movies we talked about, it's by far her best performance of the three. Right. Yeah, she gets to be a character. She gets to be sexy. She gets to be herself. She gets to be funny. She also gets to beat the shit out of Brad Pitt for a while. Yeah. And it's very believable. My The one little thing I love is during their big house fight scene and then the sex scene that follows, like the like, – the ultimate, like said, that cliche thing of, oh, this is so intense. We hate each other. Oh, but do we secretly love each other? Yes. When they're on the ground, they're like catching their breath. He looks at her, kind of smiles, and then she doesn't. And then she rabbit punches him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> it, I love that scene. It's such a great little touch. It's so good. <laughs> and this is after he's like Robert De Niro kicked her like against the couch. You know? <laughs> All right. Should we move on to our final bit? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Now, we, Mike and I were trying to figure out exactly what we were going to do for Brangelina, for Brad, uh, for not Brangelina, for uh, Angelina Jolie. And what we decided was because she has three very famous husbands. Um, Johnny Lee Miller was her first, and then Billy Bob Thornton was the biggest one. That one got the most paparazzi attention, I think. And then Brad Pitt. Now, rather than you know, do the stupid, oh, was her career better with one of these men? You know, because she's amazing by herself. She's her own woman. She's on her own, successful and amazing. We were just going to talk about which of her husbands we like the best. You know, not related to her, but related yeah. to her own acting careers. You know? Yeah, because so, it would be, so she's been great her entire career. Right. And it, it wouldn't, be fair because there there was only like two or three years spent with the first two and then 12 years with brad pitt yeah yeah the major the the later the latter parts of her career uh, were were spent with brad Mm -hmm. and but i think if we're gonna judge the husbands on their merits their singular merits Obviously, I think the obvious one is Brad Pitt. I think yeah, it is. He's fucking Brad Pitt. Ranking him, it's Brad Pitt, Billy Bob Thornton, and then. See, I would kind of go if if I all right, movie career wise, yes, it goes in descending order. It goes Brad, Billy, Billy Bob, and Johnny Lee. But if I'm gonna talk about, let's say just personally. If I'm, since this is a beer and movies we'll podcast, personable people, Johnny Lee might be the best. Like that is the one Angelina still holds the most respect for because apparently, 
there are quotes about her saying he's a great man. He's still a very close friend. He's so if if we're going off of her word, he's probably the nicest of the three. Yeah, I mean, since this is you know like I said beer movie podcast, if if I'm gonna have a beer with any of them, it's gonna be Brad Pitt first because I love that fucking guy. I love Brad Pitt too. And then it's gonna be Johnny Lee Miller. He's gonna be number two. Brad mm-hmm. Billy Bob, you may have to hold a gun to my head to drink with that guy because I don't know what the hell I'd be getting into with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know something else is gonna be happening when you drink. In terms of movie careers, if you list off movies for Brad Pitt. Fight Club. It speaks <laughs> for itself. You can see Hollywood. You got, there's so seven, uh, 12 monkeys. That you could list as 10 best movies, and all 10 of them are probably going to make the top 150 on IMDb. Yeah, he's he's obviously Brad Pitt. You know, even in the Oceans movies, he's amazing. You yeah. Know? And he, I he's, even snatch when he can't understand a word he says. Not a single goddamn word. <laughs> he's he's great. So likable in that movie. Yeah, it's he's he's just awesome. But like, you look at Brad Billy Bob. Billy Bob just does some weird shit. Like that guy seems right. like a really weird fucking guy. And I don't know if I don't know if I can sit with that guy for too long before he's, I'd be like, I want to get out. I want to get out. <laughs> he's got. Like, it it's an interesting movie career. Oh yeah, I think his best role though is on Fargo, the TV show. I really like Fargo, the TV show as well. Yeah, I think I think that was his best role. I mean, obviously, Sling Blade is the one that everybody looks at because that's his most acclaimed role. But yeah, he's he's done a lot of not. It's not great. I mean, I don't think anybody's seen that Goliath TV show, whatever the fuck that is. But like, so, Mr. Woodcock. <laughs> yeah. Well, like Bad Santa was good, but then there was like Bad Santa 2. Like, okay, yeah. you should have all you should have stopped at one, you know. They the remake of the Bad News Bears. Oh yeah, that's right. He plays the math out role. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, and my wife's favorite movie, The Judge, apparently he's in. Yeah, he is. But um, uh, Monsters Ball is another one. Yeah, that's that's the one. You know, the famous. You know, he gets the bang Holly Berry in that yeah. one. But um, yeah, there's there's just a lot of school for scoundrels. Like, what the fuck? Like, what were we thinking? That movie is so bizarre. You have Napoleon Dynamite competing with Billy Bob Thornton for a girl's attention. Yeah, it's like what were we thinking in the early two thousands? I mean, it was just a bad time to be alive. Just a yeah. bad time to be alive. Love Actually, which is, he apparently plays the president in that. I was, ugh. Armageddon? <laughs> Ar- oh, God. Do not get me started on fucking Armageddon. The, the oh, movie, bandits. The movie that gave Michael Bay a career. Oh, yeah. Well, then there's Bandits. Bandits is a stupid movie, but it's okay. Princess Mononoke. Fan-fucking-tastic. Is he in that, really? Yeah. Holy shit, he is. He's in the American voice cast of that. Him and Jillian Anderson. Princess Mononoke is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's I remember liking it. I remember seeing it and enjoying it. Well, anything from Studio Ghibli for the most they they have a couple hiccups, but for the most part, anything from Studio Ghibli, if you're talking animated movies, they're like spirited away, I consider the best animated movie ever. Yeah, I could see that. Um, 
Yeah, I'm just looking back at his career. Apparently, he was in a movie called Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town, whatever the hell that means, in 1989. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I haven't seen him in anything that he was in before Sling Blade. No, it's yeah, no, I don't think anybody has, but um, because there was there was nothing there. Like Johnny Lee Miller, that dude's done a bunch of cool shit. But like the one thing that stands out for me, obviously, other than hackers, was um he was in season six, I think, of Dexter. And he played like Jordan Chase. Now the role this the show itself had been off the rails for like a season or two at that point, but he was I cool. never was able to get into Dexter because like one of the main things about Dexter is you're like, oh, is he going to get caught? And I'm like, there's eight seasons. He's not going to get caught. And that's the problem. At, at season four is where you should end. If, you end, if you're going to watch that show, stop watching at the end of season four. And if you're going, yeah, the second after that, it's just a, basically a matter of, oh, Dexter's so great. Dexter finally gets away again. Oh, Dexter's once again, he's gone. Oh, he gets to keep doing this. He's now, the main thing I think of with Johnny Lee Miller is train spotting. Yeah, and that, that's one. He's that's that's his big gun after Hackers, I think. And him and you, I love you and McGregor. He's so great. <laughs> of course, yeah. He's in in that's one two punch of Hackers and Train Spotting back to back. But um, he was in Dracula two thousand. Yes. Oh, what an underrated, terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> that movie. More people need to see how bad that movie is. That's really another thing that we gotta do is just talk about awful movies that we love. Well, that'll be a theme. That'll be a month. That'll be a definite month. Um, he was in that terrible Eon Flux movie. He played Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that's Sherlock. That that's uh Elementary. Elementary. TV show. Yeah. 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 That's that was his. I think that well, that might be the one that like American audiences probably know him best from. Yeah. Um. Because obviously hackers wasn't wasn't you know the big was it the giant blockbuster that you know I guess they probably thought it was going to be but yeah he did find second life as a TV star in Elementary with Lucy Liu but um yeah he's 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 kind of interesting but he also seems like a, just a cool dude like like a cool British guy like you just want to hang go to the pub and have a pint with him you know <laughs> wait but, so there's he was in Frankenstein in 2011. It's not rated, and it's him and Benedict Cumberbatch. It's got an 8.7 on IMDb. Is it a TV show or a movie? I, it might be a play. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, that makes more sense. I can see that. Yeah, it looks like it's a play where yeah. he, plays, he plays the creature. Him and Benedict both play the creature. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they found a way to do that because Benedict Cumberbatch kind of looks like a man pieced together by other people. Yeah, I, I love Benedict Cumberbatch. He's so. great. Oh yeah, he's great. He is kind of a human shark, but he is he is good. <laughs> he's got a very long face. Oh yeah, yeah. So obviously, we both, you know, given our options three of them lined up together we're both going to run into brad pitt's arms and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna say hang out with us tell us everything <laughs> we love you like we're gonna fawn over that man because he's he's the best he's the best. i mean look at inglorious bastards <laughs> it's so good some nazis <laughs> on here no 
Yeah, he's he's great. Obviously, he's Brad Pitt. We don't need to say much. His his name alone is just greatness. Yeah, though I would like to hang out with uh with Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Keanu Reeves and try to fit him in. <laughs> I, I mean, I would like to hang out with Keanu Reeves as well. At a Power Man Five Thousand concert, probably. Yes. <laughs> I only know two songs by Power Man 5000. Yeah, like I said, you and the rest of the world, and I gave you the third one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Worlds Collide, Bombshell, and Relax, by uh, the cover of Relax. Yeah. That's, that's all you really need. And that is, if you just don't want to watch Hackers but want to get the vibe, just watch one of the music videos. Yeah, pretty much. Or think about Missy Elliott in that, like, that trash bag suit. That, that pretty much that sums it up right there. Or if you want to watch modern hackers that's a lot better watch mr robot <laughs> right yeah well of course you're going to be missing out on angelina jolie if you that's do. true and, and angelina jolie is always always worth watching she's she's, she's great so talented. she's awesome again haven't had haven't talked about somebody we don't like yet you know yeah. we'll get to it we will get to the hate month at some point where we'll we'll figure out we'll figure out a way to make it work you know, where we just kind of shit all over. Jared Leto. <laughs> Again, with the Jared Leto. You know, and I guess Jared as we've Leto. established in this one, yeah, as we've established in this episode, for me, it'll be Jennifer Lopez. Really hate Jared Leto. <laughs> right. So, and that's it for Angelina Jolie's Bad, Better, Best. Um, all right, Mike. So next week, we're going to have a guest of my friend Steve, one of my best friends, the, God, the godfather of my daughter. He's going to be on the talk about that uh, subject for that week. Uh, what kind of hints do you think we should give out for that one? Um, here's one. He doesn't live till the end of The Departed. Now, <laughs> that could be damn near anybody. <laughs> we say. will not be talking about The Departed as one of the three main movies. We'll probably mention it. Oh, it'll get mentioned. Yeah, yeah. obviously. It'll, it'll get mentioned. Um, I will say that he he has danced with the devil in the pale moonlight. That's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been Happy Hour Films, another episode of Happy Hour Films, and we will see everybody next week. I've been Ross Bacon. I've been Mike McGuigan, and we will see you guys next week. We'll see you then. So long.